Voice of Fintech. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech America series. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'm the founder of Voice of Fintech podcast. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, investors and incumbents and ecosystem hub leaders from the United States or North America and LATAM. This episode is hosted by David Jakubovic from New York. Welcome back, listeners, to Voice of Fintech, where you learn about all things Web 2 and Web 3 finance. Today's show brings to you the co-founder and CEO of Astra, Gil Akos, who is a amazing founder who has lived not only in my hometown, New York City, but also in the West Coast. He's building a great startup that's looking at all things, maybe we can even call it Web 2.5. We'll learn more about that later in the episode uh, today. Uh, Gil, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I love all things finance. Uh, having a background in data and finance, it's exciting to see the industry to evolve, and it's continuing to make great headways here in 2022. Can you share for our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, your career, and what led you to also We'll see in a minute, move out of New York and go to the West Coast. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so rewinding to my days in New York, my background is in computational geometry and complex systems. So I spent the first part of my career really looking at how to imbue intelligence into products and systems, uh, thereby getting massive performance results, everything from a razor handle to a building. Fast forward and uh, you know, my co-founders and I were talking about how as young professionals in New York City, the margin for error with our personal finances was so tight. You couldn't miss by a percentage point on a month to month basis when your rent was coming out on the first. So we really started looking at how could you build software that does work for you when you interface with your money and wherever that might be, whether it's in you know bank A, or bank B when you're using those portals to actually access your finances. I know as someone who lives in New York for many years, the rent uh, is not cheap and it's not getting cheaper anytime soon. So I, I cannot agree more that it takes a lot to effectively manage that. But uh, using archaic systems like these uh, spreadsheets and slow payment processors, doesn't make it fun, right? When you have to check with your landlord and confirm, did you get my payment? Did you get on time? No, no, no late fee this month, please. Exactly. As they say, rent is too damn high. But I think that's common whether you're in NYC or you're on the West mm. Coast or, or pretty much anywhere. Mm. Uh, but you know that is one of the main drivers for why we started the company, right? You need to be able to get your money to the right place at the right time. And again, like over time, we've, as consumers, started to develop financial relationships with more than one single institution. So now you have accounts at different providers, and you need to manage that effectively between all those different places where you might have one product for spend, another for investing, and a third for saving. Mm. Mm. And so you built this career in uh mathematics and computation around uh, products in New York City, and then moved to the West Coast. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the story and journey with Astra. 
Yeah, so it's super interesting. I think there's a cyclical nature between New York and uh, San Francisco and Silicon Valley in terms of which city is leading within fintech. I even have some friends that have done the kind of uh, coastal migration from one to the other and back uh, because at the time, you know, rewinding you know, five or six years ago when we were first thinking about starting Astra, uh, SF and Silicon Valley was still the center of tech. Certainly everything's changed over the last couple of years and, and many more companies are more distributed, but we felt it was important to have a presence out here in the early days. Um, and that is uh, noting that our company has been remote first, even pre-pandemic. Um, so long-term, we have more and more people that are joining the team from the East Coast and, and NYC area. Uh, and that also goes with some team members that are out here on the West. So we're really kind of uh, located on the internet, as they say. Mm. And, and as the world has become this world fixated by uh, both digital assets and the resuming of our in real life uh, transactions and engagements of humans and machines, uh, what do you see that's been driving uh, the boom of the financial transfer market? And how has Astra grown as the company? in conjunction with this boom? Yeah, so that's a really great question. And I think uh, I, I tend to situate or, or frame the answer in the kind of macro trends within within financial services and fintech. Uh, these are already underway before the pandemic, but certainly have been accelerated by them. Uh, so if you look back you know, 15 years ago, the first wave of fintech was really, and again, there's a parallel here to Web2, but if we look at fintech, the first wave was access to data. So you had these awesome uh, personal finance management applications like Mint uh, crop up and that a lot of people found really valuable. Uh, and it was because there were new ways to access your financial data. Then uh, the second wave of fintech that's been really successful has given you access to some of the underlying infrastructure, like the ability to issue a debit card or uh, spin up a new depository account. And so there's amazing players out there like Lithic and Unit in that regard that are doing just that. And it makes the job of the developer that wants to, to build a product in that space really easy. What that's left us with is a lot of different products offered by a lot of different players for many different fractions of your overall financial life. In the context of you know, my background and thinking about things through networks and complex systems, what that really is correlated to is that we have more locations or nodes within our personal financial network to manage. And that puts, puts stress on the edge. If I sign up for a new, and by that is, that's a connection between the two nodes. If I sign up for a new NeoBank account at an awesome company like Fold, it's a fiat debit card with Bitcoin rewards. I have to get money into that product and ideally as soon as possible, not just once, but in an ongoing fashion. So you take a step back and you realize that the, the payments capabilities are really the limiting factor today for what the ultimate uh, opportunity is within the broader uh, fintech landscape. It means that we're in a really exciting space being a payments platform at Astra. Mm. And thinking about um, payments today and myself or, or companies like the landlord I may work with for my rent, um, 
who are the customers of Astra? Is it myself? Is it those companies? Who uses uh, your technology? So the Astra platform uh, has a series of APIs that developers can use to build fintech products or become more uh, payments native if they have an existing product. So the example you just described, we have a couple of customers that fit exactly that. It's a you know, pay, uh, property management SaaS product that serves landlords and renters alike. And they may want to now add payments to get funds from renter to landlord and potentially back again for security deposits and the like. Mm. So we classify our customers based on what common category the product would be in, right? So we have banking customers, crypto, investing, lending, uh, this kind of embedded finance uh, scenario like we were just talking about with an existing SaaS company. And because we built our core technology really close to the underlying payment rails, but built a lot of the functionality that is required on top of there, that means that we can serve a wide variety of business types. Um, but really, we've seen a lot of uptick on the banking and crypto side over the last six months. Mm. I think something that you just mentioned that's so fascinating about Astra is thinking about the, the developer experience. Uh, I think back to just a few years ago, and if you were a startup or a big enterprise and you wanted to integrate with different partners like TD Bank, Charles Schwab, uh, Ally, uh, Discover, or others, every single partner, every single product would become a behemoth project on its own. You'd have to have a whole team of developers and partner managers just to get them up and running. And it seems to me that where Astra is fitting in very nicely is solving a pain point to say, well, look, you need to run your business. So we're coming here to enable you with this embedded technology. That's exactly right. And we understand that pain of integration directly from our own experience. Uh, we have several great uh, banking partners, but we've been doing this long enough that we've had a variety of experiences and, and frustrations with um, what that might feel like and uh, what that experience might look like over what usually is a very long time horizon, mm. right? So, you know, payments are really important and are critical to almost every business on the internet. However, that doesn't mean that it's core to their business, right? Like the business might start with a product that is focused on trading or, or purchasing NFTs. Um, but, and to get money into that ecosystem is important and critical for that success, but not necessarily core or native to their business. So really to, to realize the ultimate vision for fintech and how it can be impactful, you know, they say every business will become a fintech business. The unlock there has to be an easy and flexible way to get up and running with payments where you're not basically jeopardizing your product roadmap just to do that, right? Because you still have a business to run and a product to, to enhance outside of that payments experience. So this is a, really important for us it's part of our dna we want it to be super easy for you to get up and running and the typical timeline for integrating with any payment solution is at least three months we've gotten that timeline down to seven days with some of our customers so you can sign up for our platform 
start integrating with our API and start moving real dollars in one developer sprint. And that's a core metric that we track to see how fast it is to integrate with our system and actually start to realize the benefits of having payments be a part of your product. It's just incredible to think that even in 2022, that it can take days, weeks, months just to get any single payment processor up and running and and fantastic to see how your technology is shortening the time to first payment uh, for different companies. I think one of the pain points also on this that I experience, and I think a lot of companies do, and, and I don't understand, so I'd love you to unpack this for our audience, is in 2022, ACH Networks, why are they so slow? And is it because of their slowness <laughs> or their archaicness? This is why real-time payments, like what Astra's building, is disrupting the business. So I think it's really... <laughs> It's a nuanced, nuanced answer, but it also uh, I, I don't think is it's one that's really that uh, complicated from a consumer experience to understand why the the challenge is what it is, right? So <laughs> I'm kind of chuckling because you described ACH as archaic, and you know it is probably the most ubiquitous payment system in the U.S. right now, and it might arguably be the most flexible but it's literally 50 years old as a kind of settlement mechanism, right? And, and in the world of tech, that is just an eternity um, when you know new infrastructure providers and opportunities for payments are emerging every day, especially if we talk about you know, crypto and things like that. Um, but the reason it is the way it is, uh, again, ACH was based on the technology at the time to replace a physical system of paper checks with a digital messaging system for banks to coordinate with each other and the Fed. And if you think about it that way, it's, it does exactly what it's supposed to. And it actually has a lot of consumer protections built in where things can be reversed if they go awry. Um, unlike some of the other options out there where like if it, if RT, like for instance, RTP, if you push an RTP payment, there's no reversibility to it. It's final. Uh, so, you know, the, the approach that we've taken is let's take this system, which is rather fragile, but pretty ubiquitous and build the functionality on top of it that developers need to get up and running and, and achieve what they need with their product. When you think about it that way and you realize to your point from a consumer experience that really what you're looking for is speed of settlement. And uh, by and large, the success of really great products like Venmo and Cash App that have been adopted by almost everyone mean that instant is the settlement. So when we hear people asking us about RTP or uh, why is ACH slow, there's two things happening. One, from a consumer or end user perspective, uh, you come to expect that those funds will be there instantaneously or, or very quickly. And two, you're actually looking at the underlying mechanism and how to make it behave the way that you expect noting that there's this fragility built into it. So that's really where, where we've spent a lot of energy is saying, okay, how do you actually accelerate payments so that when you're as a developer, let's say initiating a transaction, you're not left with a really clunky set of choices. One, do I go slow and safe? So three to four business days using standard ACH settlement. It means that the transfer won't fail most likely once after it gets to its destination, 
but that's a really um, a suboptimal product experience. Mm. Or do I go fast and risky? ACH does have the capabilities to make settlement happen on a faster timeline. But the problem is that you're having to underwrite that risk of a failed transfer or fraud. And so you, Astra solves that and removes that binary choice. You can, we can do fast and risk mitigated, so fast and safe. Mm. And when you are able to offer that and unlock that set of capabilities across a wide variety of settlement times based on what the product needs are, it means that developers can do a lot more with our technology. And this whole unpacking of these uh, instant payments or faster payments or faster transfers, this is what, uh, Gil, that you and your team call what the account account and instant transfers or this uh, A to A at Astra. That's right. So uh, A to A for in our terminology just means it's going from my account at bank A to my account at bank B. So it's account to account and it's me to me. Uh, that's really where we started uh, you know, in, terms, in terms of the solution that our technology can offer. Uh, and that the use case there is really around banking and investing and even uh, funding your crypto wallet. Uh, because it's me, a singular user, trying to move my funds from one account to another. It's actually a really challenging place to start because the expectations, like we were just uh, running through, are really high for how fast it settles. Uh, and the expectations from a developer's perspective are that it shouldn't cost that much because it's it's Gil's money. He's just trying to move it from here to there. Um, so it, it, it beckons for optimization. And that's what we've done is basically optimize the settlement speed so the funds get there as fast as possible while mitigating the risk of a potential failure or fraud. To give you some numbers on how good our system is at that, last month, uh, we processed 99.88% of all dollars through our system at the optimal time frame. So if a developer asks for it to be the next day and we're able to grant that request, um, that's a success and that's one of one. So only 12.12% of all dollars were not settled on the optimal time frame. When you, when you have performance like that, A to A can be a uh, huge opportunity to serve the neo banks and crypto companies out there. And that's kind of where we've started and, and kind of put our system to the test in the hardest uh, payment route. And now we're expanding into peer to peer consumer to business and business, business to business payments as well. That's really about how we classify the transaction relative to the route. So where's it coming from and where's it going to the other half of it is how fast can it go? And how, how can you make it feel or actually mechanically settle instantly? And that's the other really exciting thing that, uh, that we've released lately is instant funding from a debit card. So if you're issuing a card with an awesome uh, provider like Unit or Lithic or Marketa, uh, you're, you're able to help your customers fund that card instantly from another debit card. And it's like milliseconds and the funds are there and ready to spend. And that is just a huge product uh, unlock that we can offer to our customers. Hmm. This is all game-changing technology, not only for customers, but also for developers. I imagine that anyone who's building 
applications or enterprise B2B SaaS products are saying, wow, we can go from time of development from three months down to potentially seven days or quicker. How have you seen developers reacting to your technology to enable their businesses as well? Well, I think the overall experience uh, and feedback we've gotten is that it's just night and day in terms of what the pain was before Astra and what the results are afterwards. Because again, the the solutions that we offer across these different payment types and you know, using ACH and instant on card, it means that uh, you know, the critical pieces that you need to grow your business and essentially, as we like to say, move cash at the speed of the internet, it means that you can actually harness that technology very quickly and actually give back to the really important parts of your business and use the software that we've built to take part, take care of all of the really challenging pieces that are blocking you from really actually developing what we like to describe as the 12 out of 10 product experience. So whether you're a crypto company or a banking company, Astra is the only platform where you can integrate again very quickly and, and arrive at a 12 out of 10 product experience for that very first use from an end user that has just signed up for your app. So if you're signing up for a, a neobank and a new debit card, you can uh, finish the sign up process with them, get a virtual debit card issued fund that debit card instantly from another debit card. And in that same user session, set up an automation that says, when my debit card balance goes below $200, please add another 500 in from an outside source. So now that becomes more central to the end user's financial life because there's always available funds to spend and they've been able to experience the magic you've spent so so many hours and long nights and weekends developing so quickly out of the gate from that very first product experience. I really enjoyed in this product experience uh, conversation how you mentioned, Gil, about the moving money at the speed of the internet. And the speed of the internet has changed. Today, internet is both centralized, internet is both Starlink coming from space and internet is also becoming this virtual or decentralized as well. And so when we're looking at all these areas, you have spoken to cryptocurrency and the entire market that's expanding in Web3. Can you share with us how uh, Astro Finance has dived deep into bridging the gap of the Web2 and Web3 economy? Yeah, so at the top of the show, uh, you're kind of hinting at the Web 2.5 analogy, and that's something that we um, we laugh about a little bit in, internal to Astra in that you know, there's an obvious need for a bridge between Web 2, which is sometimes called the old guard, and Web 3, or the kind of crypto native ecosystem, right? Uh, not everyone is going to be able to start their financial life in a web three world. And so there's uh, frequently going to be a transition either one time or, or ongoing between that fiat asset and the crypto asset, whether it's an NFT, a stable coin or, or something like Bitcoin. 
uh, we're uniquely positioned to help bridge that gap and be that kind of web 2.5 scenario because we have modern technology that interfaces with the fiat payment rails and flexibility to route those funds, that cash, into whichever destination account structure that you're building on. So, you know, we started last year with the launch of our API and onboarding some really exciting and fast growing uh, challenger banks and, uh, you know, general banking products. And we thought, you know what, like crypto is really interesting and there's got to be an application down the road at some point for our core tech. But um, we've got all these other uh, product verticals that are starting to come inbound and, and want to use our payments uh, APIs. That has like completely changed in the last three months. Crypto is uh, one is the second, if not the primary at this point, fastest growing customer vertical for us because we can bridge that gap between Web 2 and Web 3, getting fiat into that uh, fiat based kind of starter location within that crypto product. So a couple of examples. We can serve crypto products directly if the developer is building really close to the underlying protocol. In that scenario, they typically have a single settlement account at a bank, and once the funds land there, they'll convert them into a stable coin or uh, another asset. Um, that's a kind of many to one scenario. Uh, David and Gil were each trying to fund that wallet, and it's gonna go to a single settlement account. And from there, Astra's customer would convert it to uh, the corresponding token or coin. The other is uh, kind of many to many scenario where you actually have a single wallet destination for all of your customers. So it kind of is, speaks more to the A to A payment route that we were looking at before. And that's compatible as well. And so a lot of larger uh, customers that are looking at developing on top of a custodian wallet infrastructure provider, uh, maybe something like zero hash, uh, our system's compatible with that as well. So we can do from Gil's Chase account to Gil's custodian wallet account at uh, the customer by way of zero hash. And you know, it's amazing to see how, again, we did not forecast this at all, but we knew implicitly that the development experience needed to be flexible for how the payment could be routed. And it needed to be able to be uh, reliable so that when the funds get there, they're good funds and get them there as fast as possible. When you put all that together, so that is uh, a notion of identity. So who is the end user, uh, the rules that govern the payment flow, and then what we call payments orchestration. So actually managing the full life cycle of the payment. That means that we can move mechanically uh, cash at the speed of the internet from source to destination and it turns into these uh, a growing set of applications where it's crypto in scenario A, where it's you know, a single wallet or where you're building on a custodian provider. It's a challenger bank. It's a debit card. It's a lending uh, platform. Any number of those different customer verticals are using the same underlying core technology that we've built. And all the whole time, we're optimizing the settlement speed so that, again, it's instant or near instant and optimized against failure. So our customers get to focus on the key parts of building their product and let Astra do all the heavy lifting on the payment side. 
you mentioned uh, throughout this whole session, Gil, that there is incredible growth. We're seeing a very rapid growth, especially in the last six months in the crypto, DeFi, Web3 ecosystem, or let's call it now this Web 2.5 ecosystem, which is causing the evolution of the payments systems. If I'm a company, if I'm a provider, if I'm a developer and I'm thinking about what do I do? How do I think about my product roadmap and my customers? Can you shed some light for our audience and the listeners? What do you think about this rapid growth of crypto DeFi Web3? How will this impact this evolution of the payment system? Well, I think number one, uh, it's going to require advanced technologies to help solve the pain that those crypto uh, products and developers are feeling today, which is largely around fraud, failed transfers, and slow settlement. Uh, there is not a kind of natural best fit solution for which payment type, whether you're talking about credit cards, debit cards, or ACH for uh, these emerging uh, products and markets in crypto. If you if you look at them kind of as the actual vanilla payments execution capabilities, right? You can't just uh, patch on something like ACH into a crypto product because the dynamics of what happens when that coin has been minted or the NFT has been issued, there's a lot of additional risk factors specifically around uh, fraud and failures that means that you may have issued your NFT and the funds actually fail retroactively, which is a, a unique capability around chargebacks with ACH or a unique uh, characteristic, let's say. So the things to be thinking about is, okay, how can I optimize my user's experience for fastest settlement and onboarding into that uh, kind of crypto native experience while getting the fiat into that system or on-ramp it as reliably as possible. So just using a, uh, you know, becoming a merchant in the debit card world or uh, accessing a vanilla payments API for ACH, that's not gonna solve the full uh, picture for you. You're gonna be left with a lot of other holes to plug. And I think that uh, I, you know, I'm biased, but I would position Astra in the realm of fully featured full stack payments platform that gets you 98% of the way there out of the box. And then we can customize the rest so that you can uh, really again, go back to focusing on growing your customer base and, and your business. Mm -hmm. So this is really exciting. I'm thinking about if I were building a startup or if I were building a large enterprise, you know, what's next when I think of uh, payments, when I think of infrastructure, when I think of the future of fintech and embedded finance, I think we've covered a lot today to digest uh, across the ecosystem. Though moving forward, thinking about what's next for Astro Finance, uh, Gil, can you unlock for the audience uh, what you have coming in store? Yeah, so uh, I think number one, a lot more capabilities around crypto on ramps. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about it, but uh, there are some nuances to how funds settle within the into those ecosystems uh, that we're going to continue to build against, making it even easier for those customers to go live with us. The second, circling back to uh, our instant card funding product, uh, we're making that even more uh, robust 
and allowing peer-to-peer -peer transactions as well. So it's card to card across more use cases, and that's instant settlement. So really what we're talking about you know, as a kind of payments platform that's looking to optimize payment systems, aka the network of accounts that each end user brings to, brings to the table, is that we wanna be able to provide capabilities across any rule, any route, and any rail. So what I mean by that is uh, any programmability or event-driven automation that you want to apply to that processing of funds, that's any rule. Any route, we've talked a lot about A to A or me to me and peer to peer and consumer to business, we'll continue to build out more capabilities, which gives uh, the, a broader set of developers the ability to, to kind of start with Astra. And then lastly, um, yeah, any rail. So we're, we've done a ton of work around ACH. Uh, we have RTP and beta right now, and we're working on the uh, with cards on the AFT transaction type, and that will just continue to expand as well. Again, so that a developer can come to Astra, get started, go live very quickly, and the uh, tech is abstracted for all the complexities away, so they can actually focus on the core pieces of their product. Well, I am excited to see where uh, the future of embedded finance, where the future of these on-ramps for uh, crypto with Web 2.5 and the great technology that uh, your team's enabling, uh, Gil, everyone. I'm excited to see where that goes in 2022 and beyond. Uh, for everyone and all our listeners joining today, this has been a session with uh, Gil Akos, the co-founder and CEO of Astra. Gil, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks so much for having me, David. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceofintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.